I retired in the fall from the Detroit Police Department with 22 years and six months on, but I'm still in law enforcement uh, in another capacity. Okay. And how long as a homicide detective? From 2013 to 2019. Okay. And you are also a photographer and writer, correct? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. And then you said you wanted to, to read something that you wrote? Sure. It's called, uh, When I No Longer Possess a Piece of Tin. When I no longer possess a piece of tin or uniform that proves I'm not the boogeyman they fear, I too will experience whatever condition or suffering black folks face. So why not use my position? It would be a great tragedy not to avail oneself of this hard-won privilege and understanding for the benefit of the masses while I have it. In life, a second can be an eternity. I have lived on the razor's edge for 708,825,600 of those seconds as a student of law enforcement. And as I neared my journey's end, I began looking backward in order to assess whether or not society had indeed become a safer place for my people because of the applied methods of policing on the less fortunate communities that I've served. I have been both a participant in and a witness to an unacknowledged war on poor people in our so-called civil society since I was seven years old. Every 365 days, we use metrics and data to measure, to disguise our failures as successes and are able to convince some that a minimal shift in the number of murders per calendar year are progress. We arrive at the same places to gift wrap vacant shells in body bags, console, investigate, and arrest generation after generation of the same families, from the same fields, from the same blocks, from the same houses, from the same rooms. That is not progress. The same families face tragedy constantly. A closed homicide case usually means that a citizen is dead and another's life has been taken and both families are now missing parts, unable to be whole again. Why do we seek justice instead of seeking to stop the reasons these crimes are committed in the first place? That will be progress. Poverty is the most accomplished form of violence in existence. Where I live, the police response time has been as low as 30 seconds. In the neighborhoods, that I have policed, law enforcement's response to some can be non-existent. Imagine being awakened by the screams of a woman begging, pleading to the devil saying, just kill me. As her spirit broke free from life's attachment to the present, hoping the pain wouldn't follow. Now imagine her screams, screams bound to the menacing utterances of her tormentor, screams Struggle and panic roll like thunder up and down the hallways, climbing from floor to floor, creating the unmistakable rhythm violence makes as you dial 911 for the first of four times. The music could be heard in the recordings of the dispatcher as he upends this new space in search of his instruments. 
the instruments used to create such an unforgettable melody of tragedy were the apartment walls, his fists and feet, a knife that was broken in the chaos, a curling iron that had been plugged into the socket. Her pleas and her body became the drum upon which he'd beaten and pounded out those unstable chords of sorrow, which birthed an atmosphere where perspiration, tears, and sadness were consumed by the musician's punishment and rage. Imagine no help coming for 90 minutes. Now imagine, after listening to all of that, having to watch as Satan emerges from the building before driving away with a calm and peacefulness that calls into question whether the devil you heard and the devil you saw were indeed the same person. And by the time help finally arrives, the woman you were trying to save now lay dead, tortured, and stabbed more than 60 times. Remember that vast universe of seconds that encompasses my career? What I've come to understand is that in these urban pockets that have been forgotten by most, except for those who live or struggle there, is that when seconds count, the police are minutes away. And in those precious seconds, you have to make decisions that people in the outside world will never face or comprehend. In a poor community, the resources are in law enforcement. But in a model, thriving community, the resources are in education. Why is that? The robbing of dope dealers, the tasing death of a juvenile on an ATV, the coercive tactics used to rape motorists wishing to avoid the decaying orbit of perpetual tickets that lead to debtors' prisons. To the day the world witnessed a pressure applied on George's being, a pressure so great that his body could no longer hold on to his soul like toothpaste being squeezed from a tube. All of these incidents have happened because there is a belief that even with a witness, no one is looking and no one cares what happens to our most vulnerable. Cell phones and body-worn cameras won't stop it. They will only create a more visceral, visual record of our willingness to allow this genocide to continue. The conversation of what law enforcement was, is, and will be has been dominated by male Anglo-Saxon belief. And the result is we are able to use new and emerging technologies to get away with murder while placing more slaves in cages. So if you are a marginalized member of law enforcement, speak now or forever hold your peace. For if you are quiet, just remember your silence may cause you to be slaughtered by the beast. When did you write that? Uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow. So it's safe to say that that, uh, that, that writing has some perspective. Sure. Uh, the time that we're in, uh, the year uh, that just passed, uh, informed a lot of writing. Um, yeah. But the, the, the year that just passed, that's still, um, it's nothing new to you, right? I mean, you just, you just served 20, 23, 24 years. So, 
Let's 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 unpack this. Where where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Detroit on the west side off of a street called uh, Pilgrim. I'm sorry, Puritan and Pilgrim, uh, which is just outside of North Rosedale Park, which is one of Detroit's most stable, most integrated, um, well-to-do communities. It's a welcoming community. Um, And the communities that surround it um, people still take care of their property, but uh, those particular neighborhoods can be certainly uh, more violent. And what was your relationship with, with law enforcement growing up? If you can remember, like, your first perception of law enforcement growing up. So my first interaction with law enforcement actually was very positive. There was a group that the Detroit Police Department had that would come out during career days and uh, uh, different events to the various schools in the city. And it was a band called the Blue Pigs. And I don't know how to explain this, but they would they would cover songs uh, of of the day of their time. So it would have been like in the eighties, um, and I wasn't afraid of them. It wasn't until I began to get older and venture out into uh, my neighborhood that I developed uh, a fear of law enforcement. If you found this episode inspiring, please subscribe, like, leave a comment. And if you know someone that would find this conversation useful, please share. Your support is greatly appreciated as we build the Shoot Wisely community. Thank you. This episode of the Shoot Wisely podcast is sponsored by Metric 9 Productions. At Metric 9 Productions, your story is our passion. And I should know because it's my company. This episode of the Shoot Wisely podcast is also sponsored by DTLA Culture. DTLA Culture, uncovering DTLA one story and image at a time. For more, visit shootwisely.com. Thank you for listening to the Shoot Wisely podcast. I'm your host, Amir Brahimi.